was an event 10 years in the making. Two Jeepers brought together by a single podcast. And it would create a lifelong obsession with beaver nuggets and bad cigars. The Jeep Talk Show event at Hidden Falls Adventure Park brought to you by Nexon Tires returns for another trip. Not again. The Jeep Talk Show takes over Hidden Falls June 4th and 5th. Come meet your favorite Jeep Talk Show hosts. See the Jeep Talk Show Gladiator and enjoy some amazing off-road terrain. Did we mention you can get some free stickers, too? Oh, yeah, and I suppose you're going to say, you know, while you're in there. The second annual Jeep Talk Show Meet the Hosts event at Hidden Falls Adventure Park in Marble Falls, Texas, June 4th and 5th. Yeah, I'll be there. Brought to you by the Nexon Tires Rodian MTX Mud Terrain Tire. Yeah, I want to give me some of those. For more information, go to JeepTalkShow.com or follow the show on Facebook. Yeah, that's, that's where you guys have been hiding. Okay, so looking at the calendar, uh, this is the 23rd may 23rd and that means we're a little under two weeks from the jeep talk show event at hidden falls near marble falls texas god i gotta start packing that's right uh and uh, don't don't forget your pillow um and i need some plane tickets still actually So the uh, what you got to do if you're gonna uh, come, just go to. Uh, I, I know we don't like giving other uh, website information, but uh, we're gonna try it one more time. Uh, JeepTalkShow.com/slash/event, not plural, event singular. JeepTalkShow.com/slash/event, and you can go over there and get information about the event, uh, the Jeep Talk Show event at Hidden Falls uh, uh, Adventure Park. And we really like for you to come out. Uh, it's going to be a much bigger deal this year. Uh, last year, uh, the big thing was uh, getting Josh down. Josh is coming again this year. Uh, I figure in about 10 more years, we'll all be able to get there. <laughs> but, you know, we, we keep trying. And uh, the, the more we can grow the show, the better we can get uh, people uh, into places like that. But uh, anyway, Josh is going to be there again this year. I'm going to be there. The 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator is going to be there. And uh, I, I think this is going to be one of the coolest things other than our, our regular group of people. Uh, Chuck, uh, the, uh, the the rancher uh, construction uh, connoisseur uh, from Kansas, is bringing a whole fleet of vehicles down and an 18-wheeler with a flatbed trailer and not hamburger meat, but uh, steaks. Uh, a steer because he is a rancher so uh we're we don't know how all this is going to work out but that's part of the adventure so come on down uh and we mentioned last episode uh we're going to have giveaways uh larry jeeping mo is going to be providing uh, a a nice and i didn't mention this he's going to paint it red He's going oh, to paint. No, he's better he's not. Going Larry, to paint the no, trail do vice red. red. No, no, <laughs> no. So no. we got a uh, we got stickers. We got all kinds of things. I mean, everybody loves stickers. We got, and I don't mean just Jeep Talk Show stickers, but stickers uh, from uh, Bolt Lock, stickers uh, from uh, uh, other uh, other other sponsors. So it's going to be uh, really really cool. It's going to be more like a a big fancy Jeep event, and and you know what? They're just going to get bigger. So if you're any we're close to Central Texas near Austin. Uh, you might want to think about coming uh, coming on in, and also too. I mean, I'm coming from the Houston area, so even if you're down in the Houston area, come on over. Everyone is invited. Hidden Falls. Oh, I'm coming from Portland, Oregon. If I'm coming from all the way over <laughs> here, you can make it from where you're at. Come, exactly. uh, come on in on June 4th, and uh, uh, Josh and I will be there uh, June 3rd, Friday evening. I think uh, Chuck and John Lee and Bill. 
uh, and perhaps some others are going to be there on Thursday evening. So uh, come on out. I think they're still they still have uh, uh, Starlight Motels, bunkhouses, and things available. Uh, just uh, look up Hidden uh, Hidden Falls um, Adventure Park, and then uh, book you a place to stay. They could, then they have outside camping, but it'll be June, so be careful. Uh, anyway, we hope to see you there. This episode is brought to you by NexonTireUSA.com and the Rodian MTX Tires. I love them, both Nexon and the tires. Keep listening for the next Nexon Tire USA giveaway. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. I got to say, that whole friends thing I talked about in the last episode, I've had 750 uh, friends requests on uh, Facebook. Oh, that many. Jeez. Yeah. Well, really? it was actually 749 and a half, and I'm really confused by the fractional part. Hey, the JTS team is uh, here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and get your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that is also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the Jeep Talk Show at jeeptalkshow.com. Tammy, say Jeep. Black Jeeps. No, to say Jeep like you do. <laughs> Jeeps. <laughs> there you go. Jeeps. Are you How sure? are we doing, Jeeper? <laughs> I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, we'll get into the nitty-gritty of the average ticket price of a Jeep as we enter into the middle of 2022. We'll find out if the punishment fit the crime for this dumb Jeeper, and Carlos Tavares, the CEO of Jeep's parent company, just dropped a bomb on all the Green New Deal supporters. Wait till you hear what he said. Later in the show, you're going to want to be around for Tech Talk when I dive into tips and tricks for repairing a flat tire on your Jeep. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and I hope you're listening on our Friday episodes and you're catching my newbie nugget section. There's lots of great info for the newest Jeeper. Hey, I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, and coming up on Jeep Life, I share some plastic fender myth busters. I'm Tony, and you remember how I was bitching about having to spend $250 to have my tires mounted and balanced at Discount Tire since I didn't buy them there? Well, they sent me a notice about free tire rotations, and I'm going to use the hell out of that. <laughs> Thanks, Discount Tire. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Once again, Jeep and Ram have uh, accounted for the most sales compared to the other brands under its parent company, Stellantis. When the industry as a whole saw the new vehicle average transaction number rise only 16%, Stellantis saw its transaction prices rise 21% in the first quarter of 2022. Ram came to play, too, obviously, with a rise of 13% across its entire pickup line. And most of this is because of the chip shortage and supply chain issues. Those two combined saw a 30% average boost to the value of just about every vehicle in the used car market because nobody could produce new cars fast enough to meet demand. But there's another side to all this this, that is less mathematical. Now, it drives a little bit more into human nature, actually. Jeep is on its way to finding a niche in the market with buyers who want upscale amenities without the showiness of a full-blown luxury brand. Most people don't actually like luxury cars, they just actually like luxury features. Studies have shown that a majority of people like luxury looks, but they see it as an unnecessary flaunting of one's worth or having a priority of status. 
Now, Jeep-branded vehicles now fill this growing segment because the brand is still technically mainstream, and by that, I mean domestic. It's a brand everyone is familiar with, and it's one that isn't typically synonymous with flashy levels of luxury. At the same time, buying these new upscale Jeeps like the Wagoneer or Grand Wagoneer or even the Grand Cherokee L, which themselves have reached a new level of luxury for the Jeep brand, are providing virtually everything one would get from a luxury purchase. Well, that and some kick-ass world-class level award-winning off-road ability, too. Oh, and in the case you were wondering, the average ticket price for a new Jeep in the first quarter of 2022 in the U.S., is now just over $50,000. Wow, that's a basic stock Jeep too, right? Well, no, this is the average ticket price. So if you take average, every, Jeep, okay. every Jeep sold in the U.S. over the last, well, in the first quarter of 2022, the average, if you aver take all those sales, divide them by the number of the vehicles that were sold, the average mm -hmm. ticket price for a new Jeep is twenty is, is $50,000. Wow. Crazy. It's, know, it's still right? worth it, though, because they're they're completely capable right off the showroom floor of doing all kinds of things. 100%. And now we have six-figure Jeeps coming into the market I as well. Grand Wagoneer and, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. That is uh, That has been a big part of this. Now, but also in the first quarter of 2022, I think Jeep had four or five vehicles that that start at around $50,000. Uh, the Grand Cherokee and its L variant are, have been both, uh, you know, filled two of those. Uh, of those slots. Uh, and so you, know, you can obviously get a, 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 wag, a Wagoneer, a Wrangler. Uh, you can outfit that over 50 grand. I think the 392 starts at around 70,000 or something like that. So, you know, it's clearly Jeep is, is marketing their vehicles at a little bit higher of a price point. Uh, part of that is because of that chip shortage, but also it's because uh, of what they're offering. What's on the table now? What you get for your dollar of a Jeep. And, uh, and you certainly are getting a lot more Jeep nowadays than you did in yesteryear. Jeeps sell so well and retain their value so well, there's a, another auto manufacturer trying to copy it. <laughs> yeah, many now, actually. Well, I'm thinking about the Bronco. Oh. Well, I mean, uh, I saw a snippet recently. I think uh, Volkswagen is going to bring back the International Scout. Wow, because that's I think interesting. Ooh, it'll probably Volkswagen look like a new Cherokee International or something. No, it looks very <laughs> retro. It looks oh good. It's 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 interesting. It's interesting. Now I, it's completely rumor at this point, but everybody is is hopping on the Wrangler market. Ford is obviously uh you know got their got their Bronco. Uh, Chevrolet has released a couple different versions of it of its trucks, including the Ranger, which I think that they have. Uh, or I mean, uh, the uh, Ford, uh, Ford Ranger, but Chevy has a uh, midsize pickup in the Colorado uh, lineup that is uh, very, very uh, expedition wheeling related. Uh, it's outfitted uh, to, to do some long distance wheeling and stuff. So uh, everybody's diving, trying to dive in and capitalize on this five plus billion dollar a year market in, 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 in I mean, Jeep, modifying Jeeps alone is a five billion dollar a year industry. That's not including modifying other off-road vehicles or the off-road market as a whole. Right. Just the Wrangler uh, segment of off-road modification is a $5 billion a year industry. And so, obviously, uh, different automakers are trying to capitalize on that. They want some of that piece of the pie, too. You know how we could double that $5 billion a year, Josh? Mm, if we had a Jeep, uh, you know, if, if Jeep offered us a new vehicle every year that we could do whatever the hell we wanted to with? No. Times not e four. Not even close. Get, <laughs> get Elon Musk uh, involved in Jeeps. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> we could just have him on the show. 
Seriously, just have him on the show. If I could have five minutes with Mr. Musk, I need please. to. Uh, I need to talk to him about getting a Jeep Talk Show sticker on one of the starships. So oh, that would it would be, be it would be a great opportunity. And then I have to say, you know, Elon, buddy, I don't have the money for that size sticker. So can you help a fellow out? <laughs> He's my son's idol. Oh. Well, he's the richest man in the world. So yeah, uh, and he's, I am and he's the most richest man too. in the world. <laughs> what was that commercial? Not, it wasn't the, the, was the it most interesting man. Interesting, in the world. interesting yes. Interesting, yeah. Dos Equis, yeah. Dos Equis. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna have to ask you guys a, a question on this. This is gonna kind of be a, a little bit of a group game here. Um, this one may actually drum up a little bit of controversy as it begs the question of whether or not the punishment fits the crime. So let me paint the picture for you. It's late. You wake up to take a leak and you check on your beloved Jeep Cherokee. And of course, the, your daughter, too. You can't forget that you have a kid. It's easy to do at one in the morning as you stub your toe on the way to the toilet. Only the kid is gone. And so is your Jeep. Awesome. Well, the kid is an adult now, but still living at home. But you didn't give her permission to take the Jeep out, especially this late. <laughs> so what do you do? You report the Jeep stolen to the local police who at just before 3 a.m. sees the Jeep and pulls it over. Both occupants were asked to get out of the vehicle and were detained. The driver turned out to be some jackass, but the passenger is, of course, your daughter, oh who initially gosh. gives a false name at the scene, but I oh, guess good. advice from the police Not got a good idea. transport back home in the back of a cop car once the right information was provided. And the driver, her douchebag boyfriend, well, he's being charged with one count of auto theft. So, the question is, did the punishment fit the crime? Yes, I I press charges one hundred percent. I don't know. It, you get you got a problem there, depending on how your daughter feels about this individual. I mean, if it was a, a kidnapping or somebody that was uh, an adult and she was uh, underage, I mean, now that's something different. I was going to say, you know, Tony, you you you're the you're the one to go to on this because you've got two daughters and you're you're a family of jeeps and always have been. So, you know, this is. Well, my daughters have a a, a 12 a.m. curfew, uh, and, and they're both adults. I mean, uh, my oldest daughter is like 28, but they still have a 12 a.m. curfew, and I don't have any problem with on, on them coming home when they're supposed to. So uh, I really don't have to worry about this uh, with them, at least not yet. No, no, not yet. I mean, and, and of course, uh, you know, you, you, you've raised them right. Uh, clearly, this parent uh, might uh, leave a little something to be desired in the Parent of the Year award. But, I'm not uh, too West. sure. I think some, yeah. I mean, I, I give my daughters a lot of credit for just being uh, good, uh, thoughtful people because, uh, and I, I tell my wife, we're very lucky that we don't have some of the problems that other people do with their, mm -hmm. their kids because yeah. they kind of go wild at, at a certain point. Totally. But 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 also this is a this <laughs> Tammy's is a good remembering. Point. She's like, I know this. But this is a good point. If you don't set the standard and actually have the consequences for actions, then what are you teaching them? So to yeah. me, the daughter was being whatever with the boyfriend. The the Jeep was stolen. Granted, you know, it's it's gone. I think the dad has the right to press charges, oh, especially absolutely. on the on the jur you know, what did you call him? A jackass? <laughs> yeah, jackass douchebag. Uh, well, there's yeah. a, there's emotions there and, and and are you gonna hurt your your relationship with your daughter by doing it? it is, but I, my, my, I, my concern. Well, I'm sorry. I, 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 I still think you have to set the tone and say, Sorry, these were the rules. If the rules were there, she shouldn't be taking stuff. I mean but no, she no, stole I, that from that, a dealership. That's the question, or, uh, though. Is, yeah. is, is, was the right person um, uh, charged with the crime? Correct. I argue that the girl should have been arrested. Not oh, the boy. I see what you're saying. I think not, they both should though, be. Even though he was the he was driving, yeah, mm -hmm. I could I could I could probably get on board with that. But yeah, you yeah. know, 
was, let's take my dad's Jeep out. Mm-hmm. He won't mind. He's asleep. Right. He'll never know. He'll never know. No, uh, I think it, she should oh, have. She could have, yeah. she could have said, uh, my dad said we can use our use his Jeep. I, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a lot of that things. lying little slut. Exactly. <laughs> oh, <good>. oh, gosh. <laughs> By the way, my kids were great. I was not talking about my kids. My kids were yeah. great. <laughs> I was wondering what Me, that. it's another story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, your sister's complaining about you now, right? I know. <laughs> Are you sure? But yeah, I, I I think that the uh, the wrong person was charged here. But that but that's just that's just and, my and opinion. He's not what gonna, what he's you, not going to charge his daughter. Yeah, he's not going to charge his daughter. Well. Probably not. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, somebody has different daughters, a different relationship. I don't know. Right. I'd be curious to see if anybody uh, has any input on this. If, if you do, uh, please call into the show. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You can actually find a phone number to leave a message with us or our email address so you can write into the show. Yeah, if you're a daughter and you have been charged by your father uh, and show host not included, oh. please uh, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> well, canceled. Dropped. Fired even, suspended, banned, if you will. So much has happened in the last few years to those of us who have been holding up a finger and asking the questions that the green weenies don't want to ask or are too afraid to. Well, this week, the CEO of Stellantis, Jeep's parent company, dropped a bomb on the EV world, the electric vehicle world, by confirming what so many of us have been saying for so very long. Raising the same questions and pointing out the inconvenient truths about electric vehicles that the government wants you to ignore and just buy the damn battery-powered car already because don't you want to save the earth and be a good, green, obedient citizen? Well, the very man who makes a living by making vehicles, and yes, some of them arguably are a growing number of which are electric or hybrid, Carlos Tavares, the CEO of Jeep's parent company, rightly pinpointed out all of the biggest problems with all these breathless declarations that electrification is the future. While addressing the crowd at the Financial Times Future of the Car 2022 conference earlier this month, Tavares, alongside other keynote speakers like Elon Musk, for instance, turned his attention to the battery shortage plaguing the industry. He also touched on the raw materials shortages, casting serious doubt on the ability to scale up battery manufacturing, a critical necessity for anybody wanting electric cars to be any part of the future. By about 2025 to 2026, Tavares believes the automotive industry will suffer a battery shortage problem thanks to supply shortages. That's right, the man who runs Stellantis, Jeep's parent company, which has been talking up electrification a lot, quite big, in the last year or so, thinks automakers are going to run off a cliff if they put all their chips on EVs. Now, it gets even better. During Tavares' address, he brought up another inconvenient truth, the reality of how raw materials for EV batteries are extracted from Earth. Now, he said the industry won't like it in a few years, but let's face it, the way those materials are mined right now often involves ecological devastation and child labor with horrific health consequences all around. But you go ahead and feel proud in your Prius. Jeep isn't as guilty of this as, say, well, virtually every other brand, but automakers for years have played the game of exporting the yucky parts of industries to nations to the east so they can pretend that they've gone green. Now, that's led to all kinds of unpleasant realities like a dependence on communistic China for the lithium-ion batteries needed for EVs. Now, if that wasn't enough, He put a cherry on top by asking some very hard questions of the feckless journalists in mainstream media acting more as cheerleaders than truth seekers. He asked, where is the clean energy? 
Where is the charging infrastructure? Neither one is here right now and certainly not at the scale of what the EV freaks are going to need if their wishes come true. Thank you. I love this man. Yes, I do. I'm like, you know what? We've been saying this all along. Certainly in California, they're already talking. It's not even summertime yet. And they're saying you have to conserve the electricity. Don't be charging your cars. I'm like, this makes no sense that you're forcing us by 2030 to be all electric in this state, but yet you have no grid and no way to support it. It's just a bunch of, you know what? Thank you, Carlos. So let me tell you something that you guys, I think everybody here knows this. All the hosts know this. The government lies to you. The government <gasps> lies to you because no, they, no. they're in their jobs temporarily and they want to keep that job for as long as they can. So they tell the masses what they think they want to hear so they can keep their jobs. Wait, I don't think it's temporary. Most of these politicians have been in office for 60 plus years. Well, that's, they need that's, to go. That's, yeah. that's the reason they why need that's, to go. that's the reason why they lie to us is so they can keep keep on that power uh. and uh, money gravy train. And even when they're whenever they're fired, they continue to get the money. So yeah. it's it's in their best interest just to make you happy. And if that means lying to your dumb ass, that's what they're going to do. Well, Use I don't that I brain to think things through. I know. That's what I don't get. And you will understand that they are just lying to you. Yes. It's obvious. Well, it is to Not all obvious of us enough. have two, two yeah. brain cells to rub together, but there's so many people out there that just choose to turn a blind eye because they want to protect Mother Earth. I just don't understand so, that. So How you can, but it's a lie. Yeah, it's a like, lie. You but and I it, both know that. But it Everybody makes feel else good. knows that. But yeah, they they don't. They they don't have the common sense. Look, I, I, my I, through my travels in this world, I have met so many people who are incredibly book smart, absolutely intellectual people to the nth degree, but they don't have an ounce of common sense. Yep. Not a ounce of common sense. And when it comes to what what most people would consider common sense or street smarts or you know uh, you know things like that they've got none and and it, it, they they couldn't be dumber they couldn't be more the more dumb but, than anybody else on this planet and it's just it boggles my mind because it's like you have how many degrees they're the dumbest You're, smart people we know absolutely <laughs> And, and so a like lot of these people are like that. They may be book smart. They may have a, a, a giant library at home and they are extremely intellectual, but they are the dumbest people you will ever meet because they don't have an ounce of common sense. So I don't know if you guys are like this or not, and it doesn't matter what party party it is. Now, if it's the, the liberals, I really don't like watching a, a, a speech, but I do not listen to any speech that a politician gives. I don't no. care what side they're on. Nope. Because all lies. they're doing is lying to you. And mm-hmm. I don't want to even have the possibility of buying into their bullshit. Uh, I, I would much rather study the world on my own and come up with my own conclusions than listen to, to somebody. By the way, it, you don't have to be anybody to be a politician. You just have to get elected. So yeah. you don't have to be smart. You don't have to know what you're doing. You just get put in that position. You don't even have to have ever worked a real job in your life. Exactly. And, and come on, I mean, it's just, it's insane. Uh, I mean, I really, really think that I, it was a big joke, but I really, really think we ought to do uh, uh, federal public offices like jury duty. You just get assigned randomly. I think that would work out oh, much God, better. Can you imagine? So I, I have an idea though. I think Chris, Sweet. you know, Chris, who helps us out on the show. I think he'd make a good president. 
No, I was well. He might, but I was going to say <laughs> he, yes. he he actually should reach out to Carlos and see if we can get him on the talk show for an interview. Seriously, wouldn't that be something else, Carlos yeah. Navarre, the actual CEO of Jeep's parent company, to come on, on to, to our show? I think it's a it's a good and challenge. If I think else it's a goal. To talk about this topic, if if nothing yes. else, I, I really I, I think it would be exactly. a very interesting conversation. Hundred percent. I, I would love I'm to have him on. Fully the show. on board with this. So. Yep. With with all this discussion about the green and all and the the, the batteries and uh, the, the the things that make batteries, I'll say this: there is absolutely nothing wrong with chasing technology. There's absolutely nothing wrong with coming up a way to generate electricity cleanly. So I think that research should happen, and I think the federal government is the perfect uh, uh, group to be able to put money towards that to make things better for us. But pushing us to buy electric vehicles now before the technology is ready is not right. And it's going to uh, hurt us. And by the time it hurts us and we don't have the oil and the gas that we need to keep things going, that uh, uh, feckless politician is no longer going to be in office. And they'll probably be sitting on several hundred million dollars just simply because they played the game. Well, and also, like Josh said in this article, 2025 to 2026 is going to be a a battery shortage. Is that because the current vehicles will need new batteries and of course the existing vehicles need the batteries is that what you think is that what he I, thinks I think, is going to happen think it is a, i think it is a double-edged sword in this and that because you're right all of the hybrid vehicles out there i mean you think about all of the the early and mid 2000s hybrids out there they're now coming around to about 20 years old right. uh their batteries are pretty much at end of life uh-huh. i mean you're already starting to see it now popping up in even smaller towns uh, hybrid battery replacement stores where you know that's all they do because there's that much of a demand for it obviously a business isn't going to be able to be created or have any level of success unless there's a demand for that service or product and these companies are now starting to feel uh, or, or see this need in the industry of well there's all these hybrid vehicles out there and left and right the batteries are are dropping off and there's only one way to fix it, and that's to replace the battery. And so these, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of, of chemicals, minerals, and technology that have to be pulled out and then replaced in your vehicle, uh, not to mention of all the new vehicles, and they are trying to up production numbers on electric vehicles month after month, quarter after quarter, year after year. They are shoving this down our throat, whether we want it or not. Uh, and... You know, those all need batteries too. So they've all that material, all that lithium ion and everything, all that has to be mined out of the earth, all these these incredible giant scale mines. And it's dirty. It's very dirty. It's not clean. Extremely dirty. No. I mean the the amount of damage that's done to a planet for one single Prius battery is just mind boggling. Mm -hmm. So And then where do you put all these old batteries? Yeah, because they can't yeah. Yeah, yeah, put and, them, and put so them the mine. <laughs> they, <laughs> they go right into the landfills. Yeah, uh, enough. No, a yeah. lot of it is a lot of it is recycled. You know, a lot of the metals and stuff like that is recycled. But you, but you're right, 100. Uh, percent A lot of it is going back into the landfills, and you know, oh sure, yeah, it's going right back into Mother Earth, but not exactly in the same way that it came out. Yeah, let me give you guys a uh, a heads up. The Earth doesn't give a shit what we do for it. <laughs> the only thing we're trying to protect is ourselves. So it's mm-hmm. not Earth Day. It's Stupid People Day. So there you yeah. go. 
Well, uh, we would certainly love to hear uh, whatever response you might have to this story, uh, or even if you've got a news tip or a, uh, a headline that we haven't gotten to yet. Be sure to let us know what you have to say, and you can do it by phone or by email, and we highly encourage interaction with the show. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out to us. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, coming up at Tech Talk, ticks, ticks, <laughs> and what is it? Uh, what's the other ticks. thing? Uh, ticks and fleas. Yeah, ticks and fleas <laughs> for repairing a flat tire. Trips? Oh, Tips. God. Tips, Tips <laughs> and oh tricks God. for repairing a flat tire. I mean, if you got a trick to f- repair a flat tire, you got problems. <laughs> Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show has been my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast and a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, uh, advice, and learning. All right, you rat bastards, you no longer have an excuse. I mean, yeah, if you're poor, I guess so, but uh, but, but I digress. So you can go over and become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show simply by going to jeeptalkshow.com, clicking on the uh, shop or store, I can't remember now, button, and uh, seeing what level and uh, what goodie you'd like to get because we have somebody that actually ships the stuff out now. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've uh, recently become a paid subscriber, you should have received uh, your uh, your goodies uh, and uh, two stickers. And uh, thank you for becoming a paid subscriber. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And last week you talked about the guy that was uh, pleasuring oh, himself in his Jeep. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that uh, he was driving a compass. Because if he was driving the next J, you know, he wouldn't be alone, if you know what I mean. And we know it wasn't a Liberty, because it would have been two dudes. Well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to ask you guys. Do you know why the chicken had a seance? Yeah, to contact the other side. Chicken across the road. Hey, come on. They all can't be winners. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. You know, it's, I, you know it's uh, bad when Nikki G knows it's bad. Yes. <laughs> and 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 half the hosts are going, what? <laughs> well, we're all trying to get in there and make our comment, though, it's, which is great because that means he it worked. Whatever he did worked because it generated comment. <laughs> you got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I think, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Now, over the years on the Jeep Talk Show, across various segments, I've talked about the importance of the ability to repair a flat tire out on the trail, and, well, for that matter, out on the road as well, by using something called, like, tire plug kits. Now, one of the things that I've never covered, however, was some tips and tricks of actually how to use the kits that I've recommended here on the show. Flat tire repair kits are available just about everywhere, and they're actually relatively cheap for what they're capable of doing. Pretty much every retail four-wheel drive shop has them, and you can even get them at some hardware stores, not to mention online. There's enough for everybody. They're inexpensive and highly effective, and the first time you use one, well, it pretty much pays for itself several times over. The most basic kits available come with the bare necessities. This usually includes a knurled punch tool, a plug insertion tool, and the plugs themselves. 
These plugs usually have a coating on them that will harden and set the plug as it slightly expands once it's exposed to air. Now, some kits come with a tube of what is basically rubber cement, which helps bond the rubber plug to the rubber tire itself. Rubber cement is the actually the, the end-all be-all to emergency tire repair. We'll get into that in a little bit later. For now, I want to go over just how easy these kits are to use and how to expand on them to make them better. And I'm going to get into some tips and tricks to get the most out of your repair kit should the time come that you actually need to use one. Okay, to most people, repairing your own flat tire is something that you just don't want to deal with. That's what the big tire stores are for, right? Roadside assistance, all that. But in comparison to the time that it's going to take to dismount your spare, jack up the vehicle, and swap out the wheel and tire for the spare, but the quickness and ease of repairing a flat yourself, well, it's just a no-brainer. Not to mention the time and cost of having to go back to the tire shop to have them deal with the damaged tire or waiting for a tow truck or, you know, the roadside assistance. Now, obviously, there's going to be a line in the sand here. If you put a 16-inch gash along your sidewall, well, I'm sorry, but there's likely going to be nothing that you're going to be able to do to fix something like that out on the trail short of a miracle. However, Picking up a nail or a screw or something else out on the road or even getting a small puncture out on the trail is all very easily dealt with when having even the most basic repair kit. Now one note here, however, getting the smallest or least expensive kit is going to guarantee that you don't have one essential tool, unless you carry tools with you all the time. The most basic kits don't come with a pair of needle nose pliers or end cutters which will give you the ability to remove whatever debris may still be stuck in the tire causing the puncture or a leak. Otherwise, pulling a nail or screw out of a tire with your fingers, that's going to be awfully difficult. <laughs> now, getting the tire in position to deal with, uh, deal with repair is first and foremost. If it's a front tire, this is going to be real easy. Just take note of where the puncture is and move the vehicle to where you can turn that spot out from the wheel well. Having the most room to work with is critical here, so it's better to move ahead a few feet on a flat tire to make things easier instead of fighting it where it is. Now it's time to get whatever is in your tire out of there. Using needle nose pliers or some kind of an end cutter, you're going to grab a hold of what you can of the screw, nail, or whatever it is, and rock it back and forth, and using a rotation type of action from your wrist, using the tool for leverage against the tire as you pull. Don't just yank on it as you may slip or end up cutting yourself. This, this way you're under much more control over the situation as a whole. Now, once the offending penetrator is out of your tire, you're going to use the knurled punch tool to open up that hole that is left behind even further. I know this sounds counterintuitive. Why would you go ahead and make a hole in your tire even bigger? That's not what you're trying to do here. You're trying to close it up. And there may even be air rushing out at you as you do this. But trust me, not only is this a good way to take out the frustrations of having a flat to begin with, but it's a good practice for the next time that you need to do it as well. Now, don't get me wrong, it, it is going to take some serious effort, especially if the wheel is still on the Jeep. Tires are not only rubber, but they have crisscrossing bands of steel wire running around and around the inside of the body of the tire. And you're going to be trying to push this big, round, file-like punch tool right through all of that. So being able to straddle the tire makes it a lot easier. But this can be done with the, wheel, with the tire on the Jeep as well. The good news is that the nail, screw, rock, or branch, or whatever it is that started all this already did half the hard work for you already. The punch tool process is honestly the hardest part of the whole repair, but it does two very important things. Not only does it make room for the plug, it also roughens up the rubber, providing more surface area to hold onto the plug or glue, ensuring a good lasting seal. Now once the hole is good and reamed out, a plug is removed from the kit. 
coated with rubber cement if your kit, kit came with that. And it is, uh, this plug is inserted into the plug insertion tool. This is basically just like threading a piece of licorice through an eye of a giant needle. But this big needle has a big T-handle on it. And after bending that plug in half, you're just going to take that insertion tool and you're just going to shove it right into that freshly reamed hole. And you're basically done at this point. You yank the insertion tool out, the plug stays put, and your tire is now, well, more or less repaired. The whole process only take about maybe 5 minutes, 10 or 15 at most if you really don't know what you're doing. But in most cases, you don't have to dismount the tire, or the spare for that matter either. And if you, if you had one at all, to begin with for that matter. Now all that's left is to let things set up, air back up, and get back on your way. Now let's look into expanding your kit and making it better. If your kit didn't come with the aforementioned needlenose pliers or end cutters, or even better, diagonal cutters, typically referred to as dikes, easy there, snowflake, consider picking up either or both. Having the dikes will not only make removing a screw or nail or whatever it is easy, but it will enable you to snip off the excess plug sticking out of the tire. Not that it, that is entirely necessary, as it will eventually wear itself off, but still, you don't want to take the chance of it getting caught and ripped out or creating a spot in your tire. But if you don't feel comfortable carrying or using dikes for this purpose, well, then use a good sharp knife to cut the excess off with. Now, the only other thing that I would say is almost a necessity would be to have a small bottle of rubber cement on board. Now, what this is going to enable you to do is continually expand the kit with extra plugs, which are available on Amazon and other places or even at your local parts store, or by getting creative out on the trail. I've actually seen a gash in the sidewall big enough to stick three fingers into repaired with multiple plugs, zip ties, and sticks. Yes, actual twigs shoved through the sidewall. And virtually a half a bottle of rubber cement. It was enough to get that tire to hold air, however, and it got him back down to base camp and onto a trailer. Which is all the difference in the world. If you're up on the side of a mountain deep in some rocks with no spare and a blown tire, yeah, you're going to do just about anything you can. Tire repair kits are a must-have in every Jeep, especially if you wheel out in the woods or out on the rocks. But even to have on your daily driver or as your everyday kit, a tire repair kit should be on your must-have list even if you don't have one already. I'm going to leave you with one word of caution here, and that's common sense. Okay, that's two words, but who's counting? If all you're doing is repairing a leak in the middle of the tire from a screw or a nail you picked up somewhere out on the road, well, then this may not apply. But if your tire has been seriously compromised and you had to use more than one plug or had to get creative with like things like sticks and zip ties in order for that tire to hold air, well, then you need to consider how much you are going to be driving on that tire. It may be safe enough to get you off the trail, back down to the road, or back to camp, but it may not be safe enough to get you home. A sketchy trail repair on a tire on the trail can turn into a blowout on the highway if you're not using some common sense. So, Josh, I just, when you were talking about tire kits, um, remember Colby Valve? We've talked about them before. Absolutely. They have teamed up with Tireject. They're an automotive tire repair. They have an uh -huh. emergency tire repair kit. So, anyway, Colby Valve and this Tireject have a kit together with Colby Valves and all those little tools and stuff that you talked about. Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Now, the, now, tire jack is kind of along the lines of what I consider things that I would generally stay away from. And here, here I'm going to explain um, this. <laughs> uh, things like fix-a-flat or slime well, yes. or stuff like that. How right. they work is they melt the inside of your tire. 
literally, they melt the inside of your tire. There's a, there is a chemical reaction that starts to melt a little bit of the rubber. Not a whole lot, but enough to actually make a difference. And what that does is, is as you then drive around or as the pressure then moves that fluid to where, the, uh, where, where it's you know, being pushed out of and meeting the, the atmosphere, it, it hardens and it, and it creates a seal. But that doesn't stop all that extra fluid in your tire from continually melting the inside. And all that is really meant to do is get you down off the trail or get you to the tire store from off the side of the freeway. It's not meant to be driven on for miles and miles and miles. Right. And, and so that stuff, when used, can actually do a, fair, a significant amount of damage. You, you could have a blowout on the freeway. Uh, it gunks up your rim. Uh, there, there's just all kinds of nasty stuff. It, tire places don't like dealing, dealing with it. And they'll secretly be cursing you if you bring in a tire that has a bunch of slime or fix-a-flat right. in it. Because well, they're going to have to then spend a lot of labor cleaning up your wheel to get right. a new tire to actually mount properly. Well, this kit does have the, the tools and the little um, the plug kit and the valve core tool. Oh, okay. And I was it, say, it has that, but it also has the sealant, too. But it does have uh, all okay. the plug stuff. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to covering your bases. Um, you know, if, if, if that's, you know, what you're f uh, familiar with, if, that, if that's what you're, you know, safe using or you're comfortable using that, um, you know, by all means. Uh, but just, you know, take into consideration that that tire is going to have to be replaced immediately. Not like tomorrow when you get home from work, because chances are you're not going to make it. Just put the space saver on there. That's good for uh, a thousand <laughs> miles at least. Not if you have any kind of attraction device installed in that axle, but that's another story. <laughs> no, space savers aren't supposed to be used long for like further than 50 miles. Or any miles at all if you have a locker in your axle. Well, at least a selectable locker. If you have a lunchbox locker, a spool, uh, anything like that, and you try and run a, a, a different size tire on one side, you can actually grenade your differential. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the other interesting thing is, is that whenever you, you ruin one tire, can you buy just one? No, not really. Not if you have lockers. Yeah, not if you have lockers. Or if you have like a Grand Cherokee that has all-wheel drive, yeah. all four tires all have to be replaced because they're all spinning at the same rate. If you have one that is a different diameter, uh, you could actually blow out your transfer case. Yep. The yeah, more you know. Stuff there, <laughs> yeah. So I want Tech Talk to mean something to you listening to this right now. So when you get a chance, I want you to send an email to the show with some Tech Talk ideas that you yourself would actually like to see, or should I say here, covered on the show. This segment of the show is brought to you by Lug Nuts. There's nothing like Lug Nuts to secure a wheel to a Jeep. Get yours now and be sure to ask for genuine Lug brand nuts for your Jeep wheels. That's Lug Nuts. Yeah, don't lose your nuts when you're plugging a tire. So, <laughs> coming up on episode 613, Justin McLean of RideFox.com. You know, the Fox Shock people, but of course they have so much more than just the shocks. And on episode 617, I interview Cody from TrailChasers.net, one of the members of the 4x4 radio network. And don't forget... Good stuff. Bulls Day. <laughs> don't forget. Don't read ahead, damn it. Uh, interview, interviews now on their own episode, released on... Those days. <laughs> what color is that, Tammy? What color is that, damn it? I was just practicing it out loud in case it was ever purple. <laughs> it's orange. That's Josh's color. Oh, I love it. You said to talk more. 
<laughs> you did say that. <laughs> only when talking. We only when you. spoken to first. Oh, jeez. Oh, she's, she's just anxious. We, we got her segment coming up next. Is there anything that we can do to postpone her segment another five minutes? Oh, <laughs> no. She's excited. I'm, Let her I'm go. I'm thinking we could make it our new tired. fifth episode a uh, oh, week. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, we could just do a Jeep Mama show. There you go. Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. So a few years ago, some of you may remember this, I decided to wax my Jeep. Yes, I know. You're not supposed to do that to your Jeep. (laughs) She's she's naming it next. (laughs) Yes. Like full-on waxing with the clay bar and everything. But I wasn't as careful as I thought, and some of the wax got on my plastic fenders. And it stained that part with of where the wax was. It was a dull white stain. So I tried washing off the wax, but it remained on the fenders. And it was a mother's Brazilian wax, which apparently is not good on plastics. So I tried many different do-it-yourself ideas I found on the internet and from other Jeepers that suggested some ideas before I went out and bought those pricey auto products. So I did a little Mythbusters type test. There's a video of it. It'll be in the show notes. First, I tried the regular old pink eraser. Fail. Next, I did simple green. Another fail. At first, it looked like it worked, but the stain came back after it all dried up. Then I tried the Mr. Clean eraser sponge, those white little sponges, which I thought for sure it would work because I used them all over my house. Then those were fabulous. Again, once the plastic fender dried, the stains came back. Another fail. Then I tried the leather conditioner that was suggested. It seemed to work at first. And even though I thought the leather conditioner looked like it worked, I was curious to try another idea. And I had a bunch of different wax stains. So I tried peanut butter. So many people said, oh, you got to use peanut butter. You got to use peanut butter. So I put it to the test on the second wax stain. Wow, it disappeared with the first smudge of peanut butter. But then you could see where the peanut butter was applied. So I decided just to wash the fenders with a good soapy wash. And I also needed to get the peanut butter smell off of my fenders because I was in fear of squirrels trying to eat my fender, which... In our neighborhood, my old neighborhood, this happened to our plastic garbage can. They ate the top of the garbage can top to get into the garbage. Mutant squirrels. I had a a rubber, little rubber mini antenna on his car, and it was eaten by a squirrel that got caught in the truck. Yeah. Yep. So after the good soapy wash, I still noticed all the spots, you know, and I used the leather conditioner on it. Those were back. So I broke out the peanut butter again. I thought maybe I could try it again. It just didn't work. So then I just gave all the fenders a good armor all. None of those suggested remedies work. I tried them over a span of a year I was doing this. I'm sure everyone got tired of hearing about my fenders. However, I found a product that not only hides the wax, but they made my fenders look like they just rolled off the factory floor. And it's not a permanent um, replace. It's not a permanent idea to use this. It's just um, temporary because once it rains or you get your Jeep dirty again, you'll have to redo it. And that's back to black. Um, it's a mother's product. And that's my go-to product for my black plastic Jeep fenders. However, 
this product, you need to set an hour or two aside to do the whole thing right. Later, after one of my plastic Fender Mythbusters videos, a YouTuber shared his use of tire cleaner, the foam spray that you use on your tires. He said that's what he uses on his fenders. So I gave that a try. And yes, that worked. And that was so easy. I just sprayed the fenders with the tire foam. And once the foam starts to turn clear, I just wiped it down with the microfiber cloth. And once you do all four tires, your microfiber cloth is a little wet. So then I go inside my Jeep and I do my dash and all that. And it's my door handles, it shines all that stuff up. That is a quick, easy way to do your fenders. It keeps them looking like they're off the factory floor, depending on how old and stained they are. However, that doesn't last as long as the mother's back to black. Then another fellow Jeeper and Jeep Talk show listener, I think this was Dixie Overland who suggested this a long time ago, was Milsick Furniture Oil. Now, the label suggests it polishes and cleans at the same time. It's meant to protect wood finishes from moisture and dry air, as well as cover scratch marks and remove water rings and remove soap film from the shower and wood surfaces, vinyl, car bumpers, and dash. So I gave it a try, squeezing some of the oil on a damp cloth, and I began to scrub. It sure shined up those dull, faded fenders, and it removed the wax, and it left a fresh, clean scent. My bottle was the holiday raspberry scent, and the squirrels seemed to like that as well because I found a squirrel on my rear tire one day when I went out to get in my Jeep. So I've tried all those home remedies suggested from fellow Jeepers, Don, Just Soap, the Pink Eraser, Simple Green, Mr. Clean, a blow dryer, a wire brush, and yes, even peanut butter. Those home remedies don't work. So... Those plastic fenders on your Wranglers are so hard to keep looking sharp because the sun's UV rays fades that plastic and mud tends to stain them, especially the coal mining mud dust on the East Coast and all that orange yucky stuff on the West Coast that stains them. So for a couple of years, I have been looking for a solution to keep them looking factory fresh for a longer period of time than just the two that I mentioned. So a company reached out to me, Lithium Auto Care, and asked me if I'd try their trim serum, another product kind of like Mother's and the tire foam. So I gave it a try and I did a, a review on my YouTube channel and I really liked this product as well. It worked right off the bat. However, like I said, none of these products are a permanent fix. The trim serum did last for several weeks. Now, I would say my top three products I would use for something quick and easy is the tire foam spray, but that doesn't last as long. If you want something where you're going to put some work into it and have a little longer lasting effect, I would do the Mother's Back to Black or the Lithium Trim Serum. Now, I recently just washed my Jeep, getting all that salt off, getting it ready for topless weather, and I decided to um, freshen up my fenders just with, I just had some tire foam. And so I posted a picture on my Jeep Mama Facebook page and I got a lot of suggestions. Wow, thank you everyone. And these are some more suggestions that I'm going to have to try out. So one of them was using a butane torch. Now, I don't know if that's a good idea for me to try this, but we'll see. But you move it steadily across the plastic and it's supposed to last longer than the spray-on treatments. 
However, this jeeper said, don't linger in one spot too long or you're going to blister the plastic. Then there were a couple of jeepers who said they spray paint their vendors. One said they used an SEM trim black paint and the other a Krylon Fusion all-purpose paint. And this friend is a jeeper friend in Virginia and he used this paint four years ago in his TJ and he said it still looks good. He shared some pictures Someone else claimed they make a black wax for plastic parts. Another suggested using used motor oil. I guess I could just scrape some of that off of the underneath of my Jeep from the leak and scrub it on my fenders. Um, the other one, another permanent fix someone said is to use solution finish, which is a dye. We'll dye it permanently back to black. But my favorite suggestion of all it's super pricey. It is a Jeep product by Metal Cloak. It's a thing called Fender Flares. Maybe one day when I win the <laughs> Thank lottery. You. I'll, That's what uh, I was going to recommend. I know. And get it, um, and don't get it uh, powder coated. Get it uh, bare metal so you can make it fresh right. anytime you feel like spraying Purple. paint on it. Right. So um, anyway, I just over the years, I've, you know, and people are like, God, you still have those plastic fenders? And. Yeah, I do. I just haven't been lucky enough to rip them off all the way yet. One of them's kind of just hanging there, but um, and plus those metal cloak vendors are, whew, they'll really dig deep in your pockets for those. But hopefully yeah. one day maybe I'll win the lottery and I can switch those out. But if you have any ideas, if you've tried any of those last ones that I've suggested, um, let me know if they work or not so I can check them off my list. Well, I've I've actually got some experience with the with the torch uh, one on on that. I've I've used the uh, the the tire spray and stuff like that because uh, you know I've got I've got TJ era uh, fender flares on on my XJ and and they are notorious from being black from the factory and gray nowadays. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, and, and so they they need to be they need to be dealt with. Now mine have since been ripped off or taken off and and all that sort of stuff. But when I did care about them, I, I tried a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, I will say that the spray painting idea is is honestly the best solution. Ultimately, everything else is going to be a temporary fix, including the uh, including torching them. All the torching does is just bring some of the natural oils that is in the plastic up to the surface a little bit more. Uh, but those two eventually will uh, either fade, uh, get washed away, uh, or or otherwise diminish. And and you'll you'll either have to do it again. Uh, and eventually there will be no more oils left in the plastic and you're going to end up starting to melt stuff or it'll become so brittle from being, uh, uh, you know, job hardened essentially uh, from all these torchings that it'll, it'll just literally start to break apart. Uh, the spray painting idea is, is perfect, but uh, as with any type of painting project, it's all about the prep. And, and so although the two products that you mentioned are actually really good and I would recommend the use of those, uh, they are not to be used alone. Uh, and there is a lot of prep work that would go into using them as well. Uh, but I, I, you know, would digress going down another five minutes of explanation of what you need to do uh, to, to be doing something like that. Maybe we'll save that for a, a future Tech Talk episode oh, for or sure. something like that. But, uh, but yes, just know that uh, anytime you're using spray paint, uh, whether it's painting a tie rod or a fender flare, uh, prep is 90% of the work. Uh, and, and you should be spending hours doing prep and minutes oh. doing paint. I am so glad you mentioned that because I would have just went out there and washed them and 
No, put some spray paint on. Get a good yeah. layer of peanut butter on there before you. Uh, before you yeah. God. <laughs> well, maybe maybe those metal cloak vendors will come soon. Well, the only thing with the metal cloak, if I remember right, is they're actually bolted onto the frame. Correct. In a way that if you do damage and break them, you're going to be damaging body parts. That's so what that's, I hear as well, too. Yeah. So, you know what we did on ours, because we have, I think you and I have the same uh, fenders, is Bill actually trimmed ours thinner, so we don't ever have a problem with hitting them. And yeah, they're plastic, but if they ever get damaged, we don't have to worry about body damage. So, you right. might think about that. You know, if, I don't know if you've ever trimmed yours. Have you trimmed them? No, I, I am not good with, with, um, Power tools and she, a straight line. She has a she has a court ordered uh, no sharp uh, instrument. Right. No, no sharp things. Anyway, so, no, I find someone to help you. Yeah, them. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll find someone here who's got a a steady hand and yeah to do that. Well, how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories, so contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. It's less than two weeks away. The second <gasps> annual Jeep Talk Show Off-Road Event Texas. And I keep saying Texas because that means you guys are supposed to be having your own damn event. Uh, maybe Josh can fly me up to Portland. <laughs> hey, not opposed. June 4th at Hidden Falls Adventure Park. Everyone, everyone is invited. Come meet Josh I'm and coming. I <laughs> and snap a picture with us uh, and the 2021 Properly colored red Jeep Talk Show Gladiator. This event is sponsored by Nexon Tire USA, RM, and Midland USA. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and get the latest information and the map with the trail information that we'll be using. Josh, did you know that uh, Bill and uh, John was actually traveling around? I mean, they were doing the hard work. They were going to Hidden Falls and going wheeling on three occasions to collect this information. No, I know. But, uh, <laughs> no, taking into consideration, they had to pay to play. That's right. So that, that they don't just get to go out and go hit the trail like I do for free anytime I want. They actually have to go out to the park, make sure that it's open, pay to get in, hoping that there's an, uh, you know enough openings there and that they haven't uh, restricted people coming in and out of the park. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of work went into this. Not to mention... Doing bread trail, uh, you know, breadcrumb trailing uh, on on the trails to uh, to map everything out. Uh, I understand everything's been translated to like uh, uh, GPX, is it? A GPX yeah, GPX. Problem? I was going to say uh, I went GMRS there for a second. Yeah. I was like, that's not right. Yeah, GPX uh, is yeah, like GPX, a, uh, wow. a a common uh, a file that you can put into different mapping softwares. Right. right, so you load that into your into your GPS, your phone, whatever, and uh, and you can actually have that map overlay uh, with your GPS, and you can see basically what everybody else is seeing as well. Uh, it has the trail designations on there, the markers, and the route as well. A lot of really good work that went into that. Uh, Tony, how could people check that out? Do they just need to go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and they'll yeah, see it there? Yeah, that's the best way of doing it. I mean, you can go to jeeptalkshow.com uh, slash event, but we try to keep it simple and have everybody go to the same place. So if you go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and scroll on down there towards the bottom, actually, I think it's the last thing on the page, uh, you will see the link uh, to take you to the to the page that I'm discussing. And uh, you can uh, it, you can download the map, uh, and of course that's like uh, Josh said, as the 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 bread uh, crumb trails for all the the trails that we're going to be using, the starting point, the rally point, all that stuff. 
And it even shows you where you can get the Gaia GPS software or the Onyx off-road software, depending on what you want to use. And then once you get that software, you can import the GPX file into it. And boom, you got the map right there. And using your phone's GPS or your tablet or whatever you're using, uh, you can uh, it will tell you where you are on the map. So this is really cool. And this was a lot of work all put together uh, by the, uh, the Jeep Talk Show team that has assembled to make this event uh, a reality. Hey, and speaking of uh, checking stuff out with the show, don't forget to check out our newsletter. You want to talk about all kinds of information, find out what's happening on the show, what's going on behind the scenes, and what we have coming up, especially about some inside information about giveaways. That's right. You want your best chance to win one of our awesome giveaways that we're doing on a regular basis now? Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You're going to find a link to click and sign up to our newsletter. Don't worry. We don't spam you. We don't sell your information. Nothing like that. We send out one email a week. It comes from us, not from some third party or something like that. And don't worry. It's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. But I think you're going to stick around for a little while. Once you see what's in the newsletter, I'm sure that you'll be just happy with what you've done. Well, that's all the Jeep Talk Show there is for now, Jeeper. Until our next show, be sure to subscribe to the Jeep Talk Show newsletter, or better yet, sign up the whole family. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Little pig, little pig, let me in. Not by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. Podcasting since 2010.